Hey everyone, this is Michelle Hensley with The Edge of Grace. Make sure you follow and share us so everybody that is looking for information on recovery has the opportunity to obtain that. We're going to share all of our links with all of our guests that have appeared on our Facebook page. Subscribe and follow. Just do it. It's recovery. It could save somebody's life. Share, follow, sponsor. We need sponsors. Well, I think it'd probably be good to start back. I was born in Muncie, Indiana. Grew up in Albany, which is a small town outside of Muncie. Uh, My mother and father, um, we had an old house in the country road, and I remember memories of just being outdoors and my mom, my mom and dad were, were hippies. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) it's funny, all the memories of like, like the, just being outside, they had a bus and they'd have a bunch of gatherings with, with people in the area. And, and I just remember as a child being connected with nature a lot, just being outside, did a lot of camping and, uh, of course, I'm three and a half years older than my sister. So it's just my sister and I, as far as siblings. A lot of my first memories have, were, were really strong. I know we had some good family bonds with both my mom's parents and my dad's parents and their brothers and sisters and those types of things. But I remember some of my earliest memories were of my mom and dad fighting. And... When I was, I want to say five, my parents got divorced. And it was, and, and even then, some of those memories of like, you know, you know, when you're a kid, you're not understanding what's going on. You know, why is dad not living with us anymore? Those types of things. I think a lot of people can relate with those, those stories. So it was my mom and my sister and I, and you know, my mom was super hard worker and she worked multiple jobs. She was, she is an artist, but she did a lot of artwork back then after she worked a full day, right? She worked at a glass factory in the Dunkirk area. And so I do remember waking up in the middle of the night and seeing a light on in my mom's, you know, one of the spare rooms and just seeing her paint. And, you know, of course, she's like, you know, you need to go back to bed, that type of thing. But I remember countless times, and it wasn't until later that I realized that, of course, she's incredibly talented artist, but she was doing that to make ends meet, you know, in, in order to make sure that we had, you know, food and what we needed. Growing up in a, in a single family, you know, we, we lived in the Albany area, not having a, a male figure in the household. Now, I still, you know, every other weekend, you know, had the opportunity to go my, my sister and I had the opportunity to go, you know, spend time with my dad. You know, so for a period of time, I think two, three, four years, we were, it was just my sister and I and, and my mom, you know, and I, looking back, my mom was, she was struggling, but she did, she provided us what we needed to, right? And so eventually my mom met my stepdad, Rock, and they got married, and lo and behold, that changed the dynamics a lot because now I had 
a stepfather and a father. And we moved to, from Albany to Muncie, um, started a whole new school, started a whole new life. As listening to the stories of, of you bringing your incredible guests to, to share their, their battles with different recovery and drugs, alcohol, and a lot of those memories have kind of come out, you know? And just to, just to get a better awareness of the trials, tribulations, the struggles, the challenges, and all the great aspects that having a group of people to share their stories and, and, and be supportive of each other as they're, you know, getting through these tough, tough times, how important that is. And, of course, obviously listening to all the stories of, like, you know, this is where I was at, and here's where I am today, this is what I've learned. I mean, it's, it's very inspiring. I met my wife, Kara, at the age of 19 at Vincennes University. And yeah, all through, all through Vincennes, the two years there, and then, and then the four plus years at Ball State, um, we were dating. And then we moved to Indianapolis in the year 2000. And shortly after, I got married. So we got married in the year 2000. We've been married 20, 20 years this last December. And so lots of ups and downs. We met when we were kids. 19-year-old kids, I didn't even have hair on my chest. We're two completely different people today. Lots lots of ups and downs with that too. Both Karen and I came from households, you know, split, divorced households. So one of our challenges was like, you know, we want to make certain that we don't get divorced. <laughs> you know, who gets married with the idea that they're going to get divorced, right? I don't think anyone. But it happens, right? Statistics are there. So a lot of challenges, different personalities. So Karen and I moved to Indianapolis, and I started working with State Farm. I was on training to become a State Farm agent. My uncle and my grandfather on the other side uh, were State Farm agents. That was my goal. I wanted to, I wanted to go that, that route. And, you know, they made great living and, you know, enjoyed what they did, and, and I thought that that's what I wanted to do. So a couple years I'd worked with State Farm. I eventually got involved in real estate. And when Karen and I were looking at the idea of, we've had several miscarriage by this point, we're like looking at the idea of adopting. I'm like, man, adoptions are not cheap, especially, you know, overseas at that time. So I ended up getting involved in some real estate projects to to make some money uh, buying and selling homes. That's actually a big reason why I got involved in real estate. And so we sold our first flip and eventually was able to pay, you know, for the adoption. We brought home Victoria to our home, this beautiful, beautiful little girl, 10 months old, that was born in Russia and, you know, is now Kara and, and I and Victoria, you know, for, I don't know, was it seven years? It was just Kara and I, and now lo and behold, we had our, had our child, Victoria, and we brought her home. And during the time, it was it was a pretty stressful time because I'd had a partnership with someone that eventually, you know, took advantage of me on some deals that complicated the money needed to adopt. We ended up figuring it out, and it, it kind of went through. But I came back with no business partner. I had to, to really go through, and how am I going to support my, my household? Luckily, was able to, to hit the ground running, and, and uh, we're able to work on some projects and get back involved in the real estate and as most people realize, the 
the mortgage meltdown, the recession time period, there was a lot of activity that was going on. A lot of things in the mortgage and real estate world that were like, how is this possible? If you could breathe, you can get a loan, something's off. But during that time, we were building our, our business and uh, making making some good money, building, we, we pumped a lot of our money right back into the businesses we kept building. We were buying and selling between eight and 12 homes per month, uh, had a good system in order, were, you know, hired a contractor and, you know, fixing up a lot of homes and selling them. And, and things are going really, really well on that front. Some shifts started to take place in the market and we're like, what is going on? It's almost like some of it happened overnight. Like we had a bunch of people ready to purchase and lo and behold, call after call, fax after fax. Hey, this program isn't available. We can't close, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of things just started falling apart. So our our business partnerships started falling apart with it. Um, and there was about a, about a two-year period that it was a lot of what I call robbing Peter to pay Paul moments and massively stressful. Lots of different properties, lots of things pulling through, wasn't able to, to be able to fulfill with certain mortgages and payments and we're trying to figure out, okay, which ones do I keep, which ones have my, you know, tenants in it that's bringing money in. I mean, it's just this mess, absolute mess. And looking back, it probably would have been more wise to just cut some of my losses and move on, uh, get out of the business for a while or whatever. But I didn't. I stuck in, and it really became a massively stressful time. So I think it's important to understand that, okay, we have this new beautiful child in into our home within a year year, year and a half, and this period of time where I was massively stressed. I need to be enjoying my time with my daughter and my wife and, and enjoying these experiences. But I didn't. It was incredibly stressful. And over a period of time, I just started to realize how much that stress was impacting me. I started to shut down. I started to let go. Little things started accumulating and I just didn't want to deal with things. So all of a sudden they just started piling up. And I look back at it now and I'm like, how did I, how did I get that stressed? How did I, how did it get that bad? But during that time we would have things with our own personal house. Like say we had a boiler in our house and it, it went out. There was a problem with it. Right. It went out. There was a problem with it. And if anyone knows boilers, they know that they're, they typically are not cheap fixes. I didn't have the cash to do, to take care of it. And so I, I bought a bunch of those space heaters, right? Those electric space heaters. That, that was my natural thing to do. And still to this day, I look at those space heaters. It kind of, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't ever want to see one of those things again. But we had one throughout the house. Now, we also lived in the city of Indianapolis, but we're on that on a street that didn't have municipal water. So we had a well. And yes, lo and behold, our well went out. So it was during this time, I was getting quotes, how to fix it, didn't have the cash to do it. And so during, a, I don't know how many months, but we did not have water. We would go down to different wells. There's a well, well up in Fishers, different places to get these big five-gallon jugs of water to bring them home, to do dishes, 
to bathe to like all these different things. I look at it now, I'm like, how did that happen? And countless other little things that piled up. And I, my solution was just to get some quick fixes and handle it. We didn't have the funds to do it. Let's just make it work. But then things just started accumulating to the, to the point to where I just, I was not handling life. I was like an ostrich head in the sand, just about everything. My marriage was hanging on by a thread. I was in a deep depression. There was a point in time, and I knew clearly, like, if if Kara and I are going to survive this marriage, <laughs> it's going to be an absolute miracle. Because I felt at the time I just put her through so, so much, and not quite sure how to deal and navigate through how to get out of this. I just didn't see any any clear sign. I didn't see a way out. There was no light at the end of that tunnel for me. I really hit a breaking point to where I ran out of answers. I ran out of solutions. There's no more robbing Peter to pay Paul. I had I was losing automobiles. I was losing houses and about to lose the house that I lived in with my family. And it, and it was a moment in time I remember coming home and it was somewhere mid, midday and I realized that my wife wasn't home and I pulled into the driveway and I had this moment of time where I just didn't want to go inside the house. That house represented a lot of a lot of pain. <laughs> I didn't have running water at the time. And it was just a stressful place. And I sat in the car. And there was a point in time I just thought, I can't do this anymore. I don't have any answers. I am a mess. Everything I touch is destroyed and, and damaged. and And so... I just reached out to God and out loud said to him, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what to do. I need help. And I call it today the hour-long conversation with God, so I don't know how long it was. It felt like it was probably about an hour. And I I just started talking with him. And I just started getting stuff off my chest. And I know fairly early into that conversation with God that day, God guided me to the point to where I need to I needed to forgive some people because I had some I had some angst. And I never looked at myself as someone that held grudges or certainly not burned bridges and didn't hold on to things necessarily. But I did. I had some immediate things, and it tied in with, with business. I had some business partners that I believed had really wronged me and, and hurt me. I started forgiving them. I just I, I said their name and, and about the situation. I don't know exactly everything that I said, but I know that I, that I had a lot of anger, and I just started forgiving these people that were in my immediate life, the immediate pains, and I remember when I forgave them, 
like I felt this overwhelming, like, like true forgiveness, not just like, you know, when my kids say, I'm sorry, you know, (laughs) know, like they, like they have to say, sorry. Okay. Say you're sorry. No, it was an absolute convicted forgiveness. And I just let it go. And I was like, like, God, take this from me. I don't want it. I want to forgive. He took me on this journey of like going back a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. And I remember feeling like some things with my wife and I, of course, arguments and, you know, going through this entire situation with the recession and our houses and our finances and everything like that. And I remember I've got to, I've got to forgive my wife and then start going back a little deeper, like to, you know, when I was, when I was younger in college or in high school and, you know, people that, that maybe have wronged me or, or didn't treat me right, that they, I just had this, I thought that I didn't have anything, but I, I must have because I thought of it. <laughs> and I just started forgiving all these different people. And then, and then family members, I kept going back earlier in age and earlier in age and earlier in age, you know, and forgiving my dad, forgiving my parents for getting divorced, you know, all these different things. And each time I forgave, it was this feeling of, like, I just had so much weight come off of my shoulder. And then, and then I got back all the way, all the way down to where I just, I felt I'm good. I feel good. I don't know why, God, that you put me, put me on this forgiveness journey, but I feel good. And I remember there be a, being a period of time where it hit me, and he told me, now you need to forgive yourself. <sighs> that, that was the biggie. That was the biggie because I had had so much guilt for what I had put my family through. And so that two-year time period, a lot of memories and thoughts have come, were coming to my mind and just thinking of things I should have done differently and all these different, all these different areas where I was just beating myself up for the last two years of mistakes that I had made and I should have known better. And, you know, why didn't you handle it this way? Why, why were you more prepared? Why'd you put all your eggs in one basket? All these different things that I just realized I didn't realize how, how cruel I was being to myself. And I realized I, I need to give that to God. I need to let go of all of that because it's hurting me. It's killing me. It's crushing my marriage. It's, it's preventing me from facing life, confronting challenges and moving forward. And so I did. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I took the rear view mirror and I tipped it down to where I could look myself in the eyes and I gave it all to God. I forgave myself. And it wasn't just the strangest thing because all this forgiveness was a true, genuine release and let go. Like, it's not like I'm going to give you some of it. Like, he was pulling it from me, and I was giving it. I made the choice to do it, and, and I, gave, I gave it all to him. And 
it truly was, I felt like, oh my gosh, I, I'm, I'm alive again. You know, this, this battle over the last couple of years of how stressful things were and, and I had all these different, different things going on and, and I just released, I released it all to him and it was a glorious, glorious experience. Now, what I always share too is that moving on from that point was not easy. Okay, so now I had to. Now it's time to confront life. All these things that I had to address. Just because I, you know, have forgiveness doesn't mean that I'm, you know, it's easy peasy. Repent, <laughs> right? Repent. Oh, uh, and it, and it. But what was amazing about it? So I did. I, I, I confronted. I hit. I hit everything head on. Okay. I just, I had him with me now, right? He was with me. I had, had that strength. I had to, to deal with and confront certain things that were very, very tough, but I had him with me. I reached out to Kara and I just explained what, what took place. Kind of gave her the, not even the Reader's Digest version. I just said, hey, something's changed. This is where I'm at. This is what we need to do. And I could tell instantly she saw that I was facing life. I was taking care of things. I was, I was, I was, I was alive again and, you know, had to get through. I had to go through you know, uh, bankruptcy, you know, foreclosure stuff. And, and we ended up having to move. We moved into an apartment that was humbling beyond measure to me, but I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Like, like let's, let's get through this. And what happened during that, during those next couple years of rebuilding is our marriage really, really started to, to spring back. And, I was back again and, and I had to, I had to help and have some grace on with my wife because, you know, we've been through hell and back financially and, and getting through the recession and all that, but we were able to, to work, to work through it and build upon it. And, and I look back at that period of time and, and from that situation, I believe that God had opened up my heart and has, has given me an some discernment to be able to see things a lot differently than I did before. You know, I, I grew up in a, in a Christian household. I went to youth group. I had impact, you know, but during all that time where it got stressful and it was after college and, you know, I was trying to make a life for myself, right. I'd put God on the shelf and it, and I'm like during this, these times of, of, of stress and frustration, for whatever reason, it, it took me hitting a moment of time where I had no other answers. And, and I'm like, I give it all to you. I can't do this without you. <laughs> so, so it was. So if you look back at a lot of the, the programs, everything I'm doing today, I can really truly stem back from that circumstance. Created a nonprofit organization for financial literacy, stemming from what I had learned through going through my situation, you know, for years I've taught people on financial literacy as far as building credit and those types of things. But the emotional aspect of really dealing and confronting with money, confronting the, the main issues and, and just dealing with life. And a lot of these things that have occurred were, I believe, because I, my eyes were open to where I could help serve others. It took several years before I actually shared that story with anyone. And I would share it slightly, again, like the Reader's Digest version type thing. And it was even after after I started the financial literacy nonprofit, 
it was a couple years before I started sharing the story. And I, and I believe that people needed to hear it. And I found out that a lot of people could relate with those things in regards to with money or, you know, getting things taken away or going through bankruptcies and, and the emotional attachment that we have with money and the pains that it can occur and all these different areas, I, I, I believe that I was able to take that situation, learn from it, grow from it, and share with others. Since I gave all of that to Christ that day, I've, I haven't battled with depression since. And if I start to feel a certain way that, that, that is down, that I'm like, okay, I, I don't like where this is going, it's a great reminder for me that I, I need to pray and what if what am I holding on to that I'm not giving to God to help guide me through it? And so it's more of an indicator today. So I feel very grateful, very blessed. I was given the grace to to be able to to navigate through those tough situations, learn from it, grow from it, and I believe help others do the same. Thank you.